Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys. Howdy, guys. Welcome to episode four of Twenty Four Twenty. My name is Stephanie Chavira, and I'm the host. Really quick parenthesis: this is like the second time that we try to record. It's the first time we. Your host forgot to click the record button. Let's blame it on me. It was my fault. All right, so first off, I want to thank you for taking the time and tuning in. Let's dive in into the fun. For our fourth, episode, our fourth episode, I have a very cool human. Like always, disclaimer, we only have cool humans in here. Speaking about him and his background, which we have something in common that it's, it's one of my favorite things in life, which is the love for theater mm-hmm. and arts. Uh, fun fact about me and this cool person, we spent a summer together helping the university high school marching band. Yeah. Which shout out to them and mm-hmm. once a Trojan, always a Trojan. Yes, and sir, would you mind sharing your name and your occupation with us, por favor? My name is Glenn Price, and I am currently the director of theater at University High School. I love it, and man, that new school just so nice. I miss the old school, but I don't miss the smell of the old school. Well, I see, and the thing about the old school is that because I was there for one year. Uh, the thing about the old school is just it was, you know, everybody was a family because everybody was struggling together. Oh, so indeed. And then now we got this new building, and now you're starting to see the school to have it reach its potential because we have what we need to be successful. So, Which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, University High School is now merged with A.J. Moore. Is that correct? Is that Something still like thing? that, yes. That's something like that, yeah. Because I remember when A.J. Moore was still where... Uh, that school that is by the Brazos, India Spring. the Indus Spring, which mm-hmm. is now the Indus Spring. Mm-hmm. My cousin Enrique Chavira graduated from there, okay. uh, and it was I used to throw him quite a bit because I was like, "How many people were in your class? 50? <laughs> it's, That's not nice. It's, right? Oh, come on! It's okay. It was two hundred in my class. Out of five hundred people, only two hundred graduated from university. Everybody was too too busy being whatever else, being silly and being not a good student. But, all right, let's jump into question number three. What was your first dream ever accomplished, Glenn? Um, first dream ever to accomplish was to graduate from college. Uh, my grandmother, I'm a first slash second generation. Um, my grandmother went to college but did not get a gr- degree. She was a nurse, so she have a li- She has a license, or she had a license. Um, and then, um, so I'm the actually first um, person from my family to actually get a degree. 
Um, and it's actually not in theaters in dance. My first degree is in dance. Nice. That is awesome. That's very cool that you share that with me because my father has been, uh, was a professional dancer. Oh, wow. He did that for many years. He danced for Rick and, Martin, uh, Rick and Martin's uh, crew for a whole minute. Okay. And danced for a very cool group in Monterey, Mexico. It's called Espuma, which is uh, foam. It's literally the name of the, of the foam? group. Foam. Foam. Like, like beer foam? Right. Yeah. Foam. Very okay. funny, right? Okay. That's just... All right. Okay. You know, it's Mexicans and the beer. I mean, they had to name it foam. I mean, I guess I don't drink beer, and you know, like, yeah, Mexicans do like drink a lot of beer. That sounds racist. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no I love it, and it's okay because we're both colors, so nobody's racist in this place. I freaking love it. Please don't edit this. This is great. I think this is perfect for the times that we're living in. <laughs> it's it's awesome. All right, so. What was what is your biggest mistake with your biggest lesson learned, Glenn? Um, the biggest mistake was uh, when I quit my I quit a musical in high school because I did not get the part or the position I wanted. Um, I don't even know the part anymore. Uh, it was for Godspell, um, but I wanted to be the choreographer, and there was another person who had moved in, um, who was also a dancer and got the choreography gig and I got real mad and petty and I quit and I told my theater director this is stupid blah 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 and so I quit and I regret that now because as a director um, I have directed several musicals and I find myself telling kids you don't quit because you get mad and I'm sitting there yelling at them thinking to see this is why God has a funny sense of humor because now I'm eating the words I'm saying to my kids because I did exactly what they did. So that's my that's my biggest one. I'm like, oh. I'm curious. So you uh, still keep in contact with this person that got the part instead of you? Oh yeah, we're we're like best friends. What do they do? Where are, where he's he's actually uh, an administrator in Austin ISD. So that is cool. Yeah, we were enemy frenemies um, in um, high school. I say frenemies. He probably was like, I didn't really even recognize you. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> But we, uh, he went to UT and I went to Texas State and we became like even better close friends and you know he's part of my wedding and all the other stuff so like we're like this like we're close thick as thieves. That's awesome. So did he uh, major in dance like you did? No, he actually majored in uh, radio, television, film. That is very interesting. So I think it's very interesting how people think that they got their stuff figured out and once you grow up a little, you kind of realize, oops, I was wrong. Right. Wrong. Wrong path. Right. Awesome. Let's go to question number five. Have you accomplished the biggest dream of your life? And if so, was it as rewarding as you thought it would be? No. Um, well, my first biggest dream was to, um, I wanted to get an Oscar, a Tony, a Grammy. I wanted to be an EGOT. Um, I don't know how I was going to do that as a teacher, but I decided, I, damn, I won't figure it out. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not it, because... I'm not doing that because um, I like to eat. And I was like, I'm not going to be a starving artist, which is why I did not go be a dancer. I'm not. I like, I'm too. I like food too much to be starving. So um, no. Um, You're telling a musician, right? Like I don't. Like I don't. I don't know. Like I don't. No, I'm not acting for pennies. I'm sorry. No. I feel um, you. I feel you. Uh, but so now it's really uh, my biggest dream right now, and I know this sounds so selfless or selfish or whatever you want to say. Um, my biggest dream right now is to make sure that every student I come in contact with um, fully dives into what they believe is important. Mm. Um, 
I had a student who um, he discovered that he liked to do photography and actually is now um, working on, he won this big award in Austin, um, but his stuff is being published in New York Times and um, and it was, uh, it's been featured, it's called the, the, um, the Black Yearbook, the experience of the black culture at UT because they're only 4% black people at that huge campus. What is his name? Uh, Adrian Burrell. Adrian Burrell. Shout uh, out to him. And oh, yeah. also, you know, uh, I want to take a very quick parenthesis without interrupting you. I myself have been able to accomplish my dreams because of you teachers. Uh, uh, you guys create a huge positive platform for kids that do not know how to express themselves. And besides, you know, I think that more important than to get in an Oscar or an Emmy or even a nomination mm -hmm. itself, I think that there's nothing more powerful than to make an impact in someone's life the way that you have done it. Thank I myself you. have heard the, the wonderful things that theater students have to say about the program that you are running at University High School. I appreciate that. And, and I mean, I, I don't have a million dollars to give you, but if I, I could, I would. And I personally think and I personally know that teachers are extremely underpaid for that. But you, yes and no. And yes, considering the other professions and, and we like to remind everyone that we are also the building block profession. Without us, you, there will be no other profession. Mm. Um, no matter what you're in but um, here's the other part about um, being a teacher the amount of money means nothing to the thank you that you get from Indeed. a kid so I mean I can't tell you how many times I've been texted um, or gotten a phone call from kids like you know Prize, you've taught me so much and I didn't realize it until now I just want to say thank you because you gave me a heads up when no one else was can you so. tell your husband to stop cutting onions in the back? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like so. I, I am, like I said, I am. I myself, I've been able to accomplish my dream because of the music foundation that Archie Hatton, Blake Waller, and Tommy mm -hmm. Raid had provided to me when I were, you know, when I was a, a little kid. I was 14, 15, 16 years old, wanting to play in the marching band. Also, Larry Carpenter played a oh, huge. Yeah. A huge, you know, and, and like I said, it's, it's, I think that, like you said, more than the money, getting those thank yous back mm -hmm. and getting those text messages. I myself don't have the words to repay the teachers for what they have done for me. Just keep on pushing. That's all they, that's all, all they ask for. Man. Ah, quit cutting onions, sir. <laughs> all right. Number six. What has been the hardest day of your life? What helped you overcome it? Ooh, um, the hardest day in my life. That's a really hard question. Um, the hardest day in my life was um, probably burying my grandmother. Um, she raised me. She actually brought me in the world because I was born at home. Um, and she was a nurse, so she delivered me at home. That is so cool. So, and she had two daughters and I was her first grandson, so she raised me as her son. So, I would say that was the hardest because you don't understand what happens when you lose somebody and it's not them leaving it's all the stuff that you never said and all the thoughts that comes afterwards that you want to talk about and you don't get those answers and so your 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 brain is trying to figure out how to process unanswered questions mm -hmm. and so that's the hardest thing so that's 
And that's quick cut onions, like I said. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> All right, this is actually one of my coolest sections. Uh, I kept this block for oh. you. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. I kept I'm this like, what are the questions? <laughs> so just answer as fast as you can. You're not going to as fast as you can. Okay. Don't give it a second thought. You cannot retract your answer. So once you answer, you answer. Okay. And you people don't roast him for his answer. This oh. is actually, it's only five questions. I'm actually it, excited. Okay. It, all right. Here we go. This is the Texan part. Number seven, Big Red or Dr. Pepper? Dr. Pepper. Number eight, George Trey or Willie Nelson? Beyonce. <laughs> Whoa! Oh my God, I have to edit now this. I love that. I love that. Beyonce wins. Beyonce wins. Number nine, Shiner or Lone Star? Neither. <laughs> T uh, Tito's. Tito's. Man, dude, what the? I thought I was throwing you curveballs. You were throwing me curveballs. What the heck? Number 10, Astros or Rangers? Ah. Uh. Oh, Rangers. All right, number 11, last one, Cowboys or Texans? Texans. Dude, you, you throw me some curveballs. Look at this. I need to step up my freaking game as a host because you got me good on this one. All right. Wait, Texas stuff. Texas. <laughs> Who would be the other person that would compete with Beyonce as a, as a Texan? I don't know. I mean, because the thing about... Kelly Clarkson. Wait, what? Yes. Really? But I mean, she's from Texas. Is but, she really? Yes. Why She's actually she <laughs> She actually is from uh Katie Selman from Coop Wake Loud, which is speaking about this on episode two of the Waco's Got Talent, which shout out to We Keep Wake Loud. Uh she was just saying she's here from Hillsborough. McKinney. She's from McKinney, oh, okay. Texas. Okay, okay, okay. I will definitely pick out Beyonce on top of, of, of although I like the white girls, but Wait, what is uh well, they were born in Texas. Sierra was born in Texas, but she was Sierra. raised in Georgia. That is interesting. Yeah, she was, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. My brain just went Oh, wrong. yeah. Texas, like, we produce high-qualified artists. That's what we do. We do. Yeah. I mean, actors, because uh, Jim Parsons from Big Bang Theory is mm. from Texas. Um, I can't think of any of the actors, because right now I'm just thinking of musicians. But, like, so we produce... A lot of so art, so that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, all the good things come out of Texas, right? Of course. I think we both have to agree on that. Oh yeah. All right, let's go back to the more serious, more little, you know, serious question. Who is your favorite looked up to community hero, role model, or mentor? Um, in Waco. In general. In general. Um, I really don't know. Who has, who has inspired you and impacted you the most that you looked up to? You know what? I'm actually going to say, to be honest, it's my former theater teacher. Um, I call my white mama. Her name is Carla Donaldson. She actually worked for Waco ISD as well. Mm -hmm. um, but when I, I went to school in Gatesville, mm -hmm. um, and um, she, there's a moment where my grandmother had to go help my mom. So my grandmother left. Like, Unexpectedly, she left to go take care of my mom because my mom was going through hard times. Um, and she left on December 2nd and told me on December 23rd that she would not be um, coming back. So I finished my high school senior year by myself. This woman took not only took me in under her wing and but made sure that I had everything I needed. She bought me my first computer. She drove me to college and back from college. She'll be transferred from TVCC to Texas State. Uh, she was at my graduate. She's been at every graduation I've ever had, um, and she helped me buy my first car. I mean, she's—I love her. She's 
um, and she's a woman that will give you everything. Um, and then when she doesn't have any more, she'll give you that too. An so, honorary mother, pretty much. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So she's and she, God, I mean, like we've done road trips together, we ate out together. And everyone looks at us like, what's this relationship? And we're just like, it's mother and son. Like it's and it's it's a thing that people just recognize and realize. And when you know us, it, it's very it's very um, palatable. Blood doesn't always mean a close. Oh, type, definitely not. You no. know, uh, bond. Uh, I think I have witnessed. Oh, yeah. seen a lot of my friends getting a lot of neighbors and things like that that have nothing re relative within each other whatsoever and stepping up to the plate and being that role model that you know that person needs so oh, yeah. shout out to that person that definitely make a difference in, in your life because of today we have you yes. as a theater director <laughs> yeah. praise the lord for that awesome this is my favorite I'm very curious to know about this one what is your favorite musical Favorite musical is The Color Purple. My favorite musical, book, and movie is The Color Purple. What is your favorite song out of The Color Purple? I'm here. Purple. I mean, perfect. <laughs> purple. <laughs> purple. I mean, purple, perfect. Same thing. It, it Comes works. from University High School. It you works. know, purple is known for being the color of royalty. Oh, anyway, yeah. So, oh, I yeah. mean, purple is my favorite color, not to be conceited or anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number 14. What is your speech to go to when you feel out of your purpose, not yourself, without fighting? What inspires you the most when you're like, bro, I can't today. Let me listen to this. Uh, I don't know. Um, you mean when I'm down? Yeah. Um, actually, I haven't done it in a long time. Uh, I say a long time, maybe been a couple weeks. So that's not a long time, really. <laughs> um, I would say I just put music on and dance. And for me, that I, my my for me, dance is more of a worship. And so that's like how I talk to God. Amen. Uh, and that's how I like I, things are like figured out with those movements. And um, I've been told I'm a great dancer. I've been told that you know whatever. But like when I dance, I don't dance to inspire people I dance because like that's how I breathe mm. so um, I mean I'm an artist through and through I know that um, so I, I even even when I'm down I have to find my way out through my art so yeah I love that uh, I heard one of my very good friends uh, said uh, way back in the Waco Civic Theater Tier New Boss which actually she works for Disney Okay. She uh, she told me one time there is no right or wrong art as long as you're expressing yourself with your heart mm -hmm. it is just art mm -hmm. and I think that's beautiful and I encourage everybody to uh, be themselves don't oh, yeah. try to be like anybody else because there's nobody that's gonna have your same fingerprint there's nobody has that has Glenn's fingerprint oh, yeah. or Glenn's son's fingerprint or Glenn's husband's fingerprint. It's it's we're all different. Be yourself. And the and here's the thing about like when you're not authentic, um, you spend so much time trying to be in someone's shadow, and one day you wake up and you realize that not only have you been in someone's shadow, but the the hallway has been lit up for you this entire time, and you're just not looking where you're going, and so. Um, always not only be yourself but always just be authentic about who you are because there are people who are just genuinely happy being um 
you know, burger flippers and, you know, doctors or pencil makers or whatever you want to call it. And they are genuinely happy. Like one of the best people that is genuinely happy is the the woman from the post series commercial. Like she was a real worker, mm. but she loved True. her job. <laughs> she right. loved her job so much. You're so right. So I'm like, when you're that happy, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you're happy. Indeed. So I think that's one of the most valuable lessons that my father taught me. He was a cheerleading coach for many years and he uh, struggled financially because in Mexico it's not a very good pay mm. job. And one day he told me with tears in his eyes, I would rather do something that doesn't pay well, but I'd rather be happy mm. knowing that I'm going to sleep at the end of the night, knowing that I'm doing something that makes me happy mm-hmm. rather than have a wallet full of hundreds and be unhappy. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. I think that's, like I said, again, I, I encourage everybody to find their own purpose. Life is not a competition. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got their own finish line, and there's hundreds, thousands, billions of different finish lines. For everybody. Oh, yes. It's, oh, yeah. it's pretty cool. Number 15. I'm having fun so far. This is take number two. You see what happens for her reason? Number, uh, number 15. Who's your favorite movie director? Um, I mean, it'll have to be Steven Spielberg. Um, just because he sees things and do things that people were not willing to do or see. Um, and he was also the, um, he was also the director of The Color Purple. Um, but he just, I mean, he's just, he's just an iconic person and the way he sees things. Cause he, he, al- he allows himself to see it through the, through the character's eyes. Mm-hmm. So. He is also the director for all the Jurassic Park movies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Which is what I happened. believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's done a lot of stuff. Oh my God. He's just. Uh, he's incredible. I was going to say t- Titanic, but that's James Cameron. Yes. I'm terrible and with names. The thing with, because the, about the color purple, because he got flack for being, because they're like, why didn't we pick someone black to do it? He's like, well, I'm Jewish. So I understand the struggle of people being oppressed. So he's pretty much also minority. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. this is not on, on my question, but now that we're dealing into, uh, we're we're speaking about it. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, break the twenty four twenty rule podcast, and I'm gonna give you twenty one questions today. Okay. And uh, I don't care that we cause controversy with this question. <laughs> I think that's what podcasts are about. As a man of color, mm-hmm. what? Things, what obstacles have you come across to be able to accomplish your dreams? Hmm. Here's here's a thing that is the most, uh, and it's something I had to kind of. I'm still kind of dealing with because this, the Black Lives Matter movement and the George Floyd scenario, um, kind of push it to the forefront. Um, but I realized that I have not been authentic as a black man um so much so that I wouldn't talk about my upbringing mm-hmm. um and I wouldn't talk about you know the struggles of being poor and the struggles of what that looks like what that sounds like um and so like you know there are people I work with or talk to that we talk about things I can't relate and it's because what they relate to is mainstream. Mm. Um, and so, and what I relate to is not. And like, I've never watched an episode of Friends. 
I've never watched Arrested Development. I've never watched those um, those episodes. I've never seen like uh, Pretty Woman. I've never seen those movies. I could probably tell you a lot of black movies that some of you have never heard of. Um, I've probably listened to artists that you've never heard of from the 80s and 90s and uh, 2000s. And it's not because um, they aren't important. It's because they're they're serving a different purpose for a different reason. Um, and so it's only now that I'm going, it's okay that my experiences are different and not mainstream because I have a point of view that that is not only unique, but it allows me to, I believe, have an advantage because by it not being mainstream, if no one, not everyone has experienced it. Mm. Um, I mean, it's sort of like the, you know, um, and I will say this for Hamilton. I don't know if you've I've seen Hamilton yet on Disney Plus. Not yet. I, I need you to watch it. Saying I keep saying I'm gonna and I just get, don't get around um, to it. But everybody keeps talking about like, oh my god, it's so amazing and it's beautiful. It's a wonderful musical and I love it. Um, but I fought it for two years or three years um, because I'm like, oh my god, it's rapping and this and this and this. I'm like, there have been musicals that have been rapping. Like there have been musicals that had that talked about important people and their influence and how you know they were um, smited smoted, whatever, um, and taken out. You're just now seeing this because it hit Broadway. This thing that always happened in the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, the rapping part, and, like, you know, you think of Biggie and Jay-Z and Tupac, like, their rap tells a story. That would make some, you know, legends of rap. Indeed. But, um, so that wasn't the, the beautiful part. The beautiful part of it was, for me as a black man, was you noticing that they're telling a story, and they even said this, we're telling a story of back then with people who are here now. And so like, when our forefathers are thinking, uh, you're thinking that they're, you're thinking that they're all white, and now you look at them, these, you know, these Chicano and Arab and black and Mexican and, you know, Asian, all these people, and they're on stage and they're talking and they're, you know, being real and being honest with who they are. It's not a story about white or black. It's a story about humanity. Ah, jeez. You gave me goosebumps, dude. I'm so. not kidding. That was powerful. That was... And I think... Uh, we're living in very weird, weird weird, times these days. Oh, yes. It's... I don't want to say it's sad, but, I, but it is. I don't think it's sad. Um, I want to say it's a mirror. Um, you are only as beautiful as the ugliest thorn. Jesus, Glenn. And think about how ugly America had been, and we've always covered it up. Eventually, it's going to rise to the top. I'm very thankful with this country, (laughs) (laughs) but at the same time, I'm not scared to say this. I think America is one of the biggest exports of hate in the world. And we, as Americans, as honorary Americans, we need to take, like you said, it's coming to float. Yeah. It's finally coming to float. And I think, I think the world is finally, finally seeing that this country has been a lot of show, mm-hmm. but it has never been a lot of realistic things. And a lot yeah. of the times we, we need to pause and really be realistic about the, the real situation that oh, we're yeah. living in. 
I mean, there's no reason why a developed country as we are should have a problem with anything that we have, mm-hmm. with all the money and resources that we have. It all comes back down to who wants it to ma- who, who wants it to happen. So that is that is something, man. This is I am so glad I threw you that freaking question. That was awesome. Number sixteen. <laughs> what is your favorite part of Waco? Favorite part of Waco. Um, I love all of it, actually. I and I, I love history. Um, my favorite part of, of Waco is really, I guess, finding those hidden things that people don't talk about, or finding those hidden coves. Like, I did, there's a whole museum about Waco in, in Waco. Where is this at? Um, I believe it's behind. Um, it's by the old Waco High, which are the apartments. Uh, okay. Is it the Taylor Museum or something so. like that? I think so. I haven't been to it yet. I just heard about it recently. Maybe we should take a road trip together. Probably. Let's we do probably it. Should do that. Yeah. Um, but I just love finding things, and I would drive around and try to find you know historical markers and do that thing, because as a, as a theater person, you always want to find the untold stories, and so um, when you about Waco and like it like it surprised me that you know. We had the Waco horror, but mm-hmm. no one talks about it. Indeed. Um, and you go, well, you know, lynching was outlawed and all this other stuff. Like, but it's not that far removed. Or you talk about like, you know, I love Waco. I see. I really do. I love working there, and it's been amazing. Um, and I've been, you know, this is my living to teach. But you know, it was the '80s and '90s when Waco was being sued for they still weren't segregated. Um, and it's just stuff like that where you go, everything that hasn't occurred is affecting us right now, but no one is acknowledging the fact that it's affecting us right now. Indeed. So, like, we are still reaping for the fact that, like, if you look up Elm Street, for instance, which is beautifully and culturally, you know, it's rising up, but the fact that it's been so neglected, it goes back to that wreck of horror hanging. Yeah. You know, we're going to do everything we can not to piss off white people so we don't get lynched. Indeed. Include secluding ourselves on the other side of the bridge. Hmm. So, like, you have to acknowledge what happens. Like, and that's, like, so I drive around Waco all the time just to find, like, hidden places and, and stuff. Um, just to see, because it says a lot about who we are as a, as a city. Mm-hmm. So I love all of it. That's crazy, which is very funny. I found that someone, I'm part of a Waco history group on Facebook, and somebody was taking a walk, and they saw a manhole cover covered with swastikas through Elm Street. Doesn't surprise me at all. (laughs) So, hey, city of Waco, please change that. (laughs) Hector Savito, I don't know who I need to speak with, but we'll start a petition to change that cover, manhole, whatever that's called, but it it was full of swastikas. And it was literally located through Elm Street. I never had the, I don't want to say pleasure, but I never had the chance to see it. Wait, but I, I'm going to ask you a question, which is probably didn't happen on 20 for 20, but that's fine. My question is, why remove it? Because every time you remove it, you erase it. You have to acknowledge the fact that there's pain. Indeed. I think you have a great point right so, there. So, um, it's not a, and I, I will say this. Um, because if something happened in my hometown, um, they, someone did face the church, and me and my friend of mine were talking about it, and the black community was quick to, to fix the church and get it 
fixed and whatever else. And I want to say, they're like, you know, that didn't happen and, and whatever else. But it's not uncomfortable for black people to see and brown people to see things destroyed or be erased or things like that because we're used to that. It's, a, it's uncomfortable for white people to see that mm. because they haven't experienced, they've never seen their church erased. They've never seen their, like, that's why they were so confused as to why there's rioting and burning Indeed. of stuff because, like, why would you do that? Because you've never experienced it. But for us, I can remember my grandmother telling me, child, I, you know, I had a cross burn in my front yard. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah. It happened. Ms. Bennett, who was my geography oh, teacher at University High School. If anybody can put me in contact with Ms. Bennett, love please Bennett. send her my way. I love Ms. Bennett. She used to put my desk in the middle of the hallway because she said I was obnoxious, which I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't. If, I was, if you were obnoxious to her, then you were obnoxious. Oh, whatever, Glenn. Okay, let me pack this mic now. <laughs> But if anybody can put me in contact with Miss Bennett, please, I would love to have Miss Bennett, Bennett in this podcast. That would be another wonderful person to have this podcast. I love her. With her She's name. amazing. So if you, if you, can you put me in contact with her? No, I don't know. If anybody, please, I'll find someone though. If anybody can please put me in contact with Miss Bennett, please reach out. Twenty twenty. Uh, my email, you know, Rogue Media Network. You know the ways to. My info is out there everywhere, all everywhere. over the place. Uh, let's get back to the questions. Jeez, I'm gonna go home with no brain. You have blown my <laughs> brain away today. Um, what has been your favorite play that you've been in? Favorite play? Mm-hmm. Or musical? Um, that I've been in. Mm. You know what? It was um, a play called Miss Ever's Boys. And it's about the Tuskegee um, Medical Report, uh, which was when the government experimented with how the disease of syphilis affected the black male. Um, and it's a whole play about the deterioration of black men through that medical experiment. Um, I played a dancer, of course. Um, <laughs> uh, it was my first like big, big role in college. And I played a dancer. And then as the play goes on, you see his body get taken away and he no longer can dance. Oh, wow. Um, and so I had to learn a soft shoe for that uh, play and that was a play um, where I felt what real theater was because I had a um, director who was a black male who came in from Houston um, and like he breathed theater and so when you mm. came in if you weren't ready to to work he sent you home um, and he, you did not joke, you did not, we did not high side, we did not, uh, whatever, because he was like, there are people that died to speak in this country and you're making a mockery of it. Oh. Um, and so the first thing he did was, he's like, I need your, I need to remind you as a black group of what people have gone through before we tackle this play. Cause he's like, we could easily watch the movie. Cause there's a movie of this too, of this mm -hmm. play. Um, he's like, we could easily watch the movie, but I'm going to show you the movie of Rosewood where someone lied about being victimized by a black guy, a black woman, I don't remember. Um, but it was a whole town destroyed over a lie. Jeez. Um, and that's, that, that's a real movie and that's a real incident. Um, but they burned this whole town to the ground because of a lie. And people ran away and were burned alive and shot and all this other stuff. He's like, and that is the smallest part of being black in America. Now we're going to tackle this, and you're going to feel everything. 
And so I remember walking into rehearsal and he said, I'm going to chain your feet. So he changed my feet. He wrapped the chains around my feet and locked it. And I had to do the whole play. So at first it was okay because he, he, I wasn't chained. I didn't get chained till second act. I have to take that back. I wasn't chained till second act. But he chained my feet and he's like, I need you to dance. I need you to dance. And I just remember like screaming. It's like, I can't move. I can't, wow. my, freak, my feet can't move. I can't do it. Like, and he's like demanding. He's like, and that's what it feels like for you to have the hope taken away from you. Holy moly. What is and this guy's name? His name was Marcus Turner. Um, he's Shout out amazing. to Marcus Turner. Um, but he I love was, directors like Oh, that. yeah, it was amazing. And that that changed my life. That was probably the first moment where I, oh, my God, I can't believe I said this out loud. That was the first moment I realized I was black. I know that, that sounds really weird because I grew up in an all-white town. But that's the first time I realized I was black, what it, what it means to be black. Your husband needs to stop, needs to stop cutting freaking onions. Glenn, <laughs> I'm going home with no brain today. You have, you have given us such a great uh, interview. It's, uh, it's, it, and it's such, it's such a fitting time also that's, that we're speaking about all these things. Oh yeah. I think we all need to grow as a human. I have two more questions for you and then we'll be closing out. Okay. Um, what would you say to those struggling to accomplish their life purpose? In a very short manner. Um, what's stopping you? Mm. That's it. Um, no one is in control of your life but you. And if you keep stopping yourself, you have no one else to blame but yourself. Because even if someone has a gun to your head, you have the option of going out happy or not. Hmm. So, what's stopping you? Jesus Christ. I'm going to go home and cry today, Glenn. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And the last question, which will be 21, but it's, we're going to say it's 20. Um, Glenn, do you explain 2020 in three words? Black Lives Matter. I love that. Glenn, it has been a pleasure. A pleasure. Thank you so much for opening the doors to your home because we're actually in your home after no having problem. to reschedule after a little family tragedy that we had in my in my in my family. Thank you so much for being so accommodating oh. with us, and thank you oh. for being so understanding. Thank you so much for being you. Thank you so much for providing positive platforms and creating a ripple effect within this community. You, you have been of a huge change for many kids, thank you. and I think I'm going home with. I'm holding my tears right now. I'm not lying to you. I'm definitely holding my tears because I have enjoyed every guest that I've had, but you touched my heart today. I I can't thank you enough for sharing what you shared with us today. I cannot thank you enough for being you. Thank you. And not cannot thank you enough for being for allowing us to feature you. Jesus Christ, I already wet at this page. It's your fault. I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry. Anything I'm sorry. that you want to say to our audience, to your friends, family, um, and Rogue Media Network people, anybody on that's listening? Um, you know, go support your high schools. Yay. Go mentor. Go be somebody. Go be somebody important. So, make change. <sighs> Guys, you heard Glenn Price. Be yourself. Be awesome. Be like him. Thank you. Uh, 
Make sure that you, if, like I said again, please, if you can put us in contact with Ms. Bennett, reach out to us. Oh, Make yes. sure that you support the University High School Theater. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you donate out of your heart. It doesn't matter what it is. Make sure that you give them a hand. Make sure that if there is a play, that you go and watch it because it helps the oh, school. Yes. And, it, and it just creates another positive platform for the kids. Theater has been a great escape for me. My father was a theater person, musical person. And mm-hmm. I cannot tell you and not emphasize enough Try to do art someone, some oh, yeah. one way or another. It oh, doesn't yeah. matter what it is. Art is just a, a form of expression, and there is no right or wrong. So just give art. And Glenn, thank you so much for giving us this time. It has been a wonderful interview. And guys, make sure that you reach out. Make sure that you listen to Rogue Media Network, all their podcasts. Get your podcasts where you get it from. Spotify, Apple iTunes, anywhere where you get it from. And you guys stay awesome. Glenn, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you guys. We'll see you next episode. Guys, stay awesome. Bye-bye. This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.